Hi everyone, Tiffany here with a super quick note that this podcast was recorded as part of a previous bundle season. That means that the dates that you're about to hear for the bundle, well, they're no longer correct. If you're interested in seeing what the dates are for this year's sale, please visit thebellydancebundle.com. There you'll find all the up-to-date information on our upcoming bundle. While the dates may be wrong and the class mentioned here isn't available through us any longer, many of our guests still have their courses available for purchase individually, so please do feel free to click through to their offerings and take a look. You're going to want to check it out after hearing how brilliant they are. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, Tiffany here with another episode of Yellow Rocks. I'm so excited to be able to invite Sabria Tekbalek back for her first podcast, but her second bundle. Sabria is a world-famous dancer who grew up surrounded by dance and has traveled all over the world to dance and teach. She's one of the few authorized instructors of Suhela Salampur's format and has a dance school in Sweden. With Sabria, it's always a mix of dance and knowledge, and that is my absolute favorite because I truly feel that one without the other is missing a core component. Sabria's class in the bundle is no different. With elements of both lecture and dance, her class on Melody Solo Progression is sure to have our bodies and our brains working. The bundle goes on sale on October 21st, 2020, so if you haven't marked your calendars, please do so because you're not going to want to miss this. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yala Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. Today, we're here with Sabria Tekbalek. Welcome to the podcast. This is your first time on here. And of course, welcome to another year with the belly dance bundle. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be back. So you weren't in the bundle last year. You were in the bundle a couple of years ago, um, mm-hmm. which means you missed our, our first podcast launch last year. So as someone who is new to the podcast, uh, I always like to ask, how did you get started in this dance? How did you, how did it take over your life? How did you get to where you are? Right. The life story of Sabria. (laughs) Uh, It's, I was born into it and then that was it. (laughs) There you go. Crazy. Um, My mom was a dancer when I was uh, younger and then, um, and my dad is a musician. So yeah, I, I don't have like a moment where I remember like finding the dance. It was just, it was just always there. But then as a teenager, I made the choice to, to pursue it. That's how that happened. <laughs> what was it like growing up, seeing your mom dance and, and being part of all of that? Cause it's an experience that a lot of, a lot of dancers don't necessarily have. Yeah. I don't, I don't know because I, I didn't know anything different, but I, I mean, I did know that not everybody's mom did that. And I thought it was really fun. I just, you know, it was fun to watch and it was, I, I really enjoyed it. And she actually stopped and I missed it. Like I, I missed seeing her dance and I, and I missed um, hearing the music and, you know, seeing the pieces of costuming lying around. And, um, and I think that's part of the reason that I, I took it up is because I missed it from when I was younger. That's awesome. Yeah, my, uh, my two and a half year old absolutely loves my costumes. She 
<laughs> she found the the dresser that I keep them in and she now will walk out holding pieces of them and I'm like no put it back <laughs> all right so for the bundle this year your class is on melody solo progression so for dancers who maybe haven't had any experience with this can you explain what ability progression is give us a little bit of information there it's a unique thing that's sort of grown out of the dance so it's a the musical concept and it, it's something that is developed around um, a stage performance so it's not something like um, it's not inspired necessarily by folklore even though it's called melody which is very confusing i'm going to talk about this in the class too <laughs> yeah yes but please so it's, it's this um uh it's not quite a duo it's almost like a trio of uh a a melodic instrument it's usually an accordion there's been there was a great um saxophone phase in the 80s now it's often a keyboard player who's um making up you know being all the instruments um so a between the, that melodic instrument and then the drummer and then the dancer. So it's this really unique moment where everybody's playing off of each other. Um, and it follows a, a loose structure. And so that's what we're gonna go through, what that structure is, and then how to deal with all the different parts of that structure. And so where do you usually see this on stage? So this is something that people would perform at a gig, at a, at a club? Exactly. I mean, these days you see it um, done to CD, but of course it comes from this live experience of the, um, the musicians and the dancer working together. And so you, yes, you would see it in, in a show. And it is fair to say that it's, um, it's, it has Egyptian origin, although you'll see it all over the Middle East. That's, I was about to ask you, because I know you've danced in several different places throughout the Middle East. So if, if it was something that was exclusive to Egypt or if it had kind of moved around. <laughs> like so many things, it started in Egypt, but has sort of spread and become part of the, um, the greater belly dance culture in the Middle East. And so you touched on it, and I wanna, I wanna go back and, and talk about it a little bit more. There are a lot of ways that the word belly is used. It describes mm -hmm. a lot of different things. So can you, can you talk about a couple of those things here? I know we're gonna get in depth in it in the class, but just for people who are listening, who are like, wait, I thought Belody was this, and now yeah. you're telling me it's this, can, can we break down a little bit of, of the different meanings of the word Belody? Yeah, I also, I have a lot of students that come and ask me, they're like, what is this, what does Belody mean? And what does this mean? Somebody told me it means this. And I was like, yeah, that's right. And they're like, but then they said it means this. I'm like, yeah, that could be right too. <laughs> it depends on the context. So the word Belody um, can mean country as in countryside, or it can mean country. It could mean um, like, uh, it could even be used in the context of like county. Uh, there's, a, <laughs> even in Turkey, we have the, we have the word in Turkish too. It's alone, it's borrowed from Arabic, but they'll refer to like, the um, the street cleaners as like like the community street cleaners like and the word belody will be in it which is very confusing, but um, but then dance wise uh, it can refer to something that is like nostalgic of the countryside, or in this context it is um, a belody progression, and quite how that came about um, I don't know and I don't think that there's a definitive answer. <laughs> But yeah, so it can mean a lot of different things. It's also the name of a rhythm, right? So there's all these different contexts where you hear that word, um, but we're just gonna deal with one meaning of the word. 
Yes, and the the rhythm melody doesn't necessarily have any place in the melody progression. Well, it can. I, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, complicated. Not, yeah, exactly. But it's not not only not only melody, and it's like a like if you have something, a dance that is Saidi, inspired by the Said region of Egypt, doesn't mean you're only going to have Saidi rhythm in the Saidi song. You could, but there's chance that you'll have other rhythms too. So, yes. Because we are not of the culture, right? A lot of dancers that are not from the Middle East or from North African countries, like we, we don't have that context. Mm -hmm. that, that like one word, this one word can mean so many things. So many things. And because we, a lot of us, unfortunately don't speak Arabic, right? We don't get that. And then it makes it hard for us because we're like, how, but wait, but this person said this and this person said that. And how do we like marry all of these things together so that in our heads, we know what someone's talking about at any given time. And I think it leads yeah. to a lot of confusion. So I love being able to break down terms a little bit and, and discuss all the different meanings so that when we talk about ability progression here, people know, okay, this, this, yeah, <laughs> this is what we're talking about. You guys can't see me, um, but I'm like doing hand motions to, to Sabria <laughs> as if that helps on a podcast. <laughs> so you mentioned that ability progression has um, lots of different progressions, right? It has lots of different sections to it. Can you kind of break down just a very light breakdown of some of those pieces and, and why they're in pieces? What, what do they do? What do they function as? Um, so it starts off with a taxine, and that's another concept that I will also get into more depth in the class. But um, in this case, it's a it's um, usually an unmetered melodic solo, so there's no rhythm. It's just a melody improvising, and then um, the rhythm enters, and then you get it fills out to some degree, and then um, you can have accents in there and then it speeds up and then actually anything that happens from the uh, melodic solo on can kind of get jumbled up it can go in all sorts of different orders and just when i think that i found like a skeleton of like it essentially follows these rules and i find an example of, of an, a recording where it doesn't <laughs> um and then of course it ends and it can end in different ways sometimes the ending is a hard ending and sometimes it's, it's a transition into a drum solo so you're going to have a melodic solo in the beginning and then some variation of rhythm entering and filling out and then usually it speeds up and then it ends. As a dancer portraying that, I feel like that it sounds like a lot of different types of energy are being, right? Like the, the mood that you are portraying changes oh, throughout totally. all of them. Yeah, you definitely go on a little journey and sometimes, and like I said, earlier it's this sort of it really is an interaction between you and the drummer and um let's say the accordion player uh because you you really want to work together so you you have to sort of vibe each other out and there are certain things certain melody lines that are, are really common and so you, you hear the accordion start that melody line or you, you know it's going that way and if, and then also um one thing that i think a lot dancers might not be so aware of if you're not if you're not in the habit of working with uh with live musicians is you can also there's ways of cueing each other you know we have ways of of 
cueing each other on stage, you can impact where things are going to go. That sounds so much better than uh, doing a recorded version. Yeah, I was going to do a class uh, choreography to this um, Bellity solo that's on my CD. And, um, and that's kind of how I developed this workshop because I was like, wait, I can't do a choreography to this. This isn't because every night I'd want to do it differently. And also it's just, yeah, it's, um, it, it's such a improvisational um, setting. That's what I was going to say that with, you know, with the drummer and again, we're just going to go with the accordion player with the drummer and the accordion player and the dancer all working together. There's no way that there could be any kind of real choreography in this. Like it, it is an improvisational thing. Exactly. Yeah. At its root, at its heart. Yes. So then when people are practicing, like they want to work on melody progressions, not everyone has access to live music. So then we're looking at finding some melody progressions on CDs on, you know, Spotify, wherever you can find one. Um, how do you recommend kind of practicing this and moving through the different pieces? Is there a particular piece that you feel like dancers would be better served to practice like at home by themselves well, to recorded music? Um, I don't think, I think to practice to one piece would be a huge mistake <laughs> because okay. I think that the, the best thing you could do is to, uh, is to listen to just as many melody solos as you can get your hands on. Because one of the things that you, um, that you encounter when you're doing it live is uh, the transitions. And those are the hardest things as a dancer to, to follow or, or to, to make sure that you represent. Um, and so, but there's all these clues. If you listen to them over and over again, you will hear, um, clues that are in fact cues of what's coming next. Um, and of course, when you're, when you're live in place, sometimes it's a little bit easier and sometimes it's not. Sometimes somebody will throw, <laughs> throw a curveball. <laughs> um, but you, but just listening to so as many different examples of it as you can, I think would be a great place to start for somebody that's interested in it. All right. So put together a big playlist and then just hit shuffle. Yeah. And go. Exactly. Exactly. So you were inspired to create this course because you were thinking of doing a choreography to it. Exactly. A couple things. One, one, uh, I also heard a student once say, talk about a melody solo and they said, Oh, I really like this song. And I was like, Oh, they don't know that it's, I mean, it is a recorded song, but it's, a, it's, it's not a song like, um, a song with lyrics or even a, a talk scene. like it's it, it's this very special unique thing and i was like oh it, it, this is something that people need to learn about <laughs> absolutely so let's speak to that because I'd, I'd be very interested to to share that information is how when you're listening to music what are the, what are the clues for people oh this is a melody progression and not this is just a song well, I think this, the structures is really unique. As I said, even though there are so many variables of the structure, the more that you listen to them, the more you'll see what they have in common and see and be able to recognize sort of um, different variations or varieties of, of that type of progression. But so one thing, of course, is to listen for that 
introduction of a, a melodic solo that's unmetered. And like I said, it usually is in accordion or a, or a um, keyboard replicating an accordion. So it has a, a different sound than, for example, a, a violin solo or an oud solo. Although I have heard oud melody solos. Complicated. Believe it. I know. <laughs> just, just when you thought it was clear, there's some there's a gray zone entered into it. Um, yeah. So the yeah, and then it, just the 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 uniqueness of how the drum enters into the solo. Mm -hmm. I think that's um, and that's what's also really fun and exciting on stage. Is it builds. That's and that's and what we were talking about. Like the energy builds through yeah. the progression. Yeah. I've been on a, on stage though a few times where like the accordion player and the drummer have been like really into it and they just like want to keep going and going and I'm just <laughs> like turned towards them and just I'm just looking and be like wrap it up boys we don't have all night I know you're feeling it but let's, let's go <laughs> that's awesome next part please well I feel like you've actually given us a lot I always ask um, for tips and resources on continuing to learn about this and continuing to to study and practice this at home. I feel like you've given us some good what to listen for in music, get a lot of music, you know, and listen, just listen a mm -hmm. lot. Yes. Is there anything else anywhere you would point people to learn more about Bellity um, other than obviously your course in the bundle um, or to, to get a better ear for the music or anything like that? Well, I think now we're so lucky that we have YouTube and all these video platforms where you can see dancers um, do melody solos. But I would suggest that if anybody's sort of starting out or wants to, you know, understand the genre, um, to find dancers, uh, look for old school <laughs> video clips of this, um, like from like the eighties is a great time. Although you'll probably, you might run into sax some saxophone, as I said, but like Fifi Abdu is, a, you know, does a fabulous melody progression and she's quite famous for it. Um, I have a playlist on my YouTube um, channel. Oh, awesome. And, um, but yeah, I just look, look for, for old, older Egyptian video clips of melody solo. And another tip is to, um, you, so in, in the way it's said in Arabic, people pronounce, they would say the um, uh, solo melody as opposed to melody solo would be the word order. So if you search for both and then melody can be spelled in like every single way possible. I mean, you can just exchange the E's for A's and I's and Y's and just any sort of um, combination. And then sometimes uh, if, I can, I, I read Arabic, so that's makes, I can cut and paste, or if you can't write it, sometimes if you know it says Belody Solo, even if you don't know Arabic, you can try to um, copy the word next to it. If it's something is written on Arabic, maybe it says Belody Solo. Maybe not. <laughs> but give it a try. <laughs> the try. Those are the tricks for searching YouTube. Yes. Yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, copy paste. Awesome. In Arabic. Yes. I've, that's how, uh, when I ask my friends how they find music, a lot of times that's what they tell me that they do is that they find these, these little bits and pieces of Arabic and they paste it in to YouTube and like, that's how they find so many cool exactly. songs. And I'm like, oh, yes. good tip. And 
while I can write in Arabic and I have an Arabic keyboard, but it like takes me like a minute to write one word. <laughs> so, because I can't find the keys. So sometimes I'm like, if I just write three letters, will it give me a suggestion? And then I can try. <laughs> awesome. Well, Sabria, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and we have, I have one final question for you that's a little left out of left field here for you. Um, what's the weirdest place that you've ever danced? Oh my God. <laughs> Do you know how many years I've danced? <laughs> there have been so many. Oh my God, there's so many places. So many places. Once at like a rooftop suite in Dubai, this sounds really glamorous next to a, like, there was like a swimming pool. It was nuts. Um, once uh, many times in the desert, uh, once in the back of a truck, that's the, that's the winner. That's the winner. It was back of a truck. It was like a, it was actually a really fun gig. It, it was uh, in Sweden and it was in this area where there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of refugees. And so they wanted, you know, something Middle Eastern, <laughs> but the stage was like literally just in like the back of a, you know, like a big semi truck. Yeah. They just lifted one of the sides. So it was like dancing inside a box and they had like the lift to get into the truck. So like the loading lift. So I had to, t I could take the loading lift cause I couldn't like climb the ladder in my costume to get onto the stage. So they took me. <laughs> that was not the most glamorous, but yeah. But that definitely an interesting yeah. performance, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's our question this year. We're asking everybody where the weirdest places that they've danced are because I've realized that belly dancers have done some pretty weird things. Yeah. I feel like it's more. It's amazing. Everyone who's listening, I'm going to put that link to the playlist that Sabria mentioned for the belly progressions on the show notes for this episode. So if you want to check that out, please head there. Sabria, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for coming back for another bundle. And uh, I have to admit, I'm very, very excited to take this class. Oh, I'm so excited to be doing it again. Sabria is so full of knowledge. She ran a lecture series over the summer, which I just adored. This class on Belody solo progression is going to be amazing. Part lecture, part dance, all knowledge. I love it. Check out the show notes for this episode at thebellydancebundle.com 41 to see that amazing playlist that Sabria mentioned on great Belody progressions to watch. Because yes, watching YouTube does count as practice as long as you're studying and applying it and not just getting lost down the rabbit hole. The bundle is on sale this year from October 21st to the 28th, so be sure to set a reminder on your phone so you don't miss it. And if you check out that playlist early today, you'll be one step ahead on Sabria's task for the 21 Days of Belly Dance Challenge. Here's to your learning.